Taylor Snyder. <laughs> and if you don't know who I am, that's fine because I don't expect everyone to know who I am. I'm a big nobody. But hello, welcome to episode one of the Traveling Career Girl podcast. I am your host, Miss Taylor Snyder. And yeah, I have a fucking podcast now. Interesting. So we'll see how much you people enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy it. I mean, based on the response I've had so far with starting this whole brand and this podcast and whatever, um, based on the response, I mean, it seems like I have a handful of people that are pretty interested in what's going on. So for that, I'm eternally grateful because, you know, this is keeping me motivated. It's keeping me inspired. It's keeping me on my toes. It's giving me something fresh and fun and exciting to do. So... Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of people are curious, like, what the whole deal is with this brand that I'm starting, Traveling Career Girl. Um, you know, if you're homosexual, if you're a hooker, or if you're just a typical traveling career girl, like, you know, I'm sure this probably is a kick for you, and I'm sure you all probably love the name, but, um, yeah, no, I, I guess I'll just, you know, be upfront and honest, and I'll just put it all out there, um, so, if you don't know much of my backstory, um, I guess I'll kind of put it in a little bit of a brief summary. So, um, I'm a 32-year-old trans woman from Los Angeles, California. Um, pretty much born and raised there my entire life. I've been living my life as said woman for approximately, you know, 12, 13 years, something like that. So, I've been around the block. I'm no spring chicken. Um, but I've also been heavily involved on and off over the years um, in, uh, adult, in adult work as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've done that either individually or I've also done it while having a job that kind of coincided with it. Um, you know, just to kind of keep my resume fresh, you know, I'm no idiot, so I gotta be on my toes as far as that's concerned. But, um, yeah, but being involved in this industry and this world, really, I mean, you know, it kind of opens your eyes to a lot of different things in this world. Um, and so I have a lot of, I I feel like I have a lot of good life experiences and so much so that, I mean, over the years I've had so many people, um, trans women, even my cisgender girlfriends like you know every, I have so many people coming up and asking me like for tips or tricks or advice and if you're listening to this you're probably one of those people too so uh, I, I don't I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn but I've literally had hundreds of people asking me questions and asking me for tips and like you know giving out information that I honestly probably should be charging hundreds if not thousands of dollars for because you know I had to figure all this shit out myself like everything that I've been able to accomplish like this is this is not thanks to any person like I really did have to go out there and really fucking figure it out for myself so and looking back on it I do kind of wish that I had like someone that I would 
that I could have been able to, you know, ask all these questions for. And, like, you know, I wish I would have been able to have some help from time to time, you know, because it was a struggle when I was younger. But, um, so that is part of the reason why I'm starting this podcast. You know, I, I want to be able to talk about things uncensored that, um, you know, people genuinely want to know from me. And, um, you know, I'm not looking to necessarily, you know, pop off and make a ton of money or I'm not going to charge you like an OnlyFans subscription to sell you this stuff, but, uh, or sell you this information or anything like that. It's like, it's not, it's not all that valuable, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, anyone could figure out this information if you just did your own fucking research, but you know, everyone's fucking lazy. No one likes to Google. So that's what I'm here for. Um, anyway, (laughs) but like not only talking about that aspect of my life, but I also want to touch on other aspects of my life that are important to me and things that I care about and people that I find to be inspiring and people that motivate me to want to do bigger things and better things. Um, so I, you know, I want to be able to, you know, I, it, for this show, I actually have been, um, planning like, you know, multiple interviews with other people. Like, you know, I have girlfriends that have their own businesses that have, you know, done amazing things for themselves just by their own hard work and their grit and they manifest this career or this life for themselves out of essentially nothing. There's just their hard work and their motivation. And so I want, I want to be able to interview and talk with people like that. Um, yeah, there's just a, you know, I just want this to be a fun place that I could just like, you know, chill and just express my thoughts. And I know there's a lot of people that have value that, or that place value and some of the things that I say because I'm just so unfiltered and blunt. So, you know, I hope, I hope you enjoy what I have to offer. So this is just one little, this is one little first step, this first little episode. So as far as this first episode goes, I kind of wanted to keep it like a little more laid back. You know, it's just you me and the fence post and a bunch of questions. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. So I just want to keep that. So this episode is going to be more of like a Q and a little intro about me, just me rambling, blah, 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 blah. Um, so if you're also listening to this, you probably also know that, um, a couple weeks ago I threw out on my social medias, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. I, um, asked you guys to ask me anything, ask me a bunch of anonymous questions. And I put a not gonna lie link in everywhere. I posted it everywhere and I wasn't expecting the response that I got. I mean, if I'm being hundred percent transparent, I got over 300 questions. Now, I don't know how many of these questions are repeat questions from like the same people. I don't know if, I don't know what it is. All I know is that I got 300 fucking questions and even if it's just like I don't know like one like that's a lot of questions so there were a lot of repeat questions so that's a good thing so I guess it I guess that shows me that it's not just the same person asking a bunch of questions but (laughs) um so yeah so I thank you first of all for like being that interested so that was really awesome to see um, 
So, but what I wanted to do is I, so what I did was I took like, um, took the best questions, honestly. So I kind of narrowed it down to about like 30 of them or so. And, uh, well, I, I, so I'm going to try to keep this show maybe down to like around an hour or so. Um, you know, I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be too short to where like, it's just like, you know, oh, blip and it's over. But then I also don't want it to be like, oh God, this bitch is talking for two and a half hours. Like, so I think an hour is pretty healthy and sensible. So whatever questions that I can answer in this, um, you know, hour long episode time frame thing. You know, I'm also not going to completely structure this. Like, you know, this is this, like, I, again, this is a whole new thing for me. So I'm still learning. I'm still getting the hang of everything. I'm still getting a hang of the fucking editing. Like my plans for this podcast are, are big. I do want to do big things with this. I, you know, I'm, I'm not like going to project too much success because I don't want to be disappointed if something doesn't work out. So, but I'm not even going to think like that. So I'm going to take it one fucking episode at a time, motherfucker. So, um, anyway, let's, uh, take a little peeksie poo at some of these questions. Like I said, I got over 300 of them. So had to narrow them down. So let me, let's start with this one. So this one I feel like is probably going to be like the most personal. So tell us your journey into womanhood. What led you to decide that transitioning was for you? Okay. So the year was 2010. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so actually, so I, so I, when I was, when I was younger, I was really over high school. Like when I was a teenager, I was really over high school. Um, I wasn't bullied or picked on necessarily, but like it, I was just over high school. So I wanted to get the fuck out. So what I ended up doing was I voluntarily signed up to go to a continuation school, which is basically like a school for juvenile delinquents, people that don't do their work, people that don't, you know, take school seriously. And, um, but you know, I had decent grades and I was like, you know, I told the principal, I was like, look, I'm over it here. I need to get the hell out. My parents said that it's either I turn 18 years old or I graduate high school and I don't want to wait until I turn 18. So, he moved my application to the top of the list, and once he did that, I graduated within four or five months, and so I did about a year and a half's worth of high school in about four months. So I didn't have, like, the typical high school experience by any means. Like, I I was just, I hated it. So when I got uh, situated in L.A., um, you know, I started working... You know, I did a couple, I did a couple, like, odd-end jobs here and there. I worked at a flower shop. That was, I think, my very first job that I got when I was living in L.A. Um, yeah, so I was working at a flower shop for a little bit. But then, um, as time went on, you know, I found a lot of passion and interest in, uh, in makeup artistry. And back in 2000 and, when was this? 
it was in 2010, it was before that. So I would, I'm gonna say, cause I graduated in 2007. So it was around 2007, 2008. And around that time, that was when, you know, YouTube and beauty influencers, like this was like the very beginning of all of their careers, you know? So, um, oh, sorry, something's beeping. Uh, so this was the very beginning of like, you know, that whole world, the beauty industry and makeup and makeup, people and influ influencers and all that shit you see today that's just so oversaturated so um so yeah so I, I found a lot of interest and passion in makeup artistry and so um I got to you know teaching myself and watching these little makeup tutorials that I was seeing on the internet and you know I even did it myself I tried to do it you know i I was doing YouTube tutorials at the same time that Gigi Gorgeous was starting off her YouTube channel. So if I had actually, like, applied myself and, like, really, like, you know, taken the time and actually put in effort, I, you know, I probably would easily be in a much different position. Um, just because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty well connected and I know a lot of people who have done some pretty awesome things. So I'm just like, you know, I, sometimes I look back and it, I'm very happy with where I am at in life, but I'm just thinking like, fuck, like if I had just put in like, put like a little bit more effort and a little bit more, you know, TLC into something like that, like I could, I could be right there too. My life would have been a whole lot easier, but no regrets, motherfucker. Um, so yeah, when I started to become more involved in makeup and everything like that. I was teaching myself. I um, was able to land a job at MAC Cosmetics and I um, was a freelance artist and then I was also um, a third key manager at one of the Nordstrom counters. So yeah, like I, so I, I really worked my way up within MAC and I love, I, to this day, I absolutely adore MAC Cosmetics. Um, like they really helped shape me into the person that I am today just because of how inclusive and how progressive that brand was and being able to work for them and just work for them like unapologetically and just like you know look however I wanted to look and wear what I wanted to wear so long it was black you know like <laughs> um but yeah that really helped boost my confidence working there um as far as like you know feeling confident enough to just like not give a fuck about what anyone thought of my image you know so so when I was in high school too like I was always very androgynous like I was never like a dude like I didn't I never had facial hair I always you know I when I was in high school I did wear makeup and um it was very obvious that I was a raging homosexual in high school I mean it was I was out at, I was outed at 13 actually that's a whole other topic we could probably go down eventually but today is not that day um but yeah so anyway I lost my train of thought for a second um so yeah I had a job at Mac and I was doing that so while I was working there I got to meet other trans people or well, I didn't at the time I didn't know I was trans because I was you know just a little androgynous person androgynous person um I guess if you were to put a label on it, I would be, like, the equivalent of what non-binary is today. 
Um, so it just, you know, it didn't have a name back then. It was just, we just said androgynous or alien or whatever. And that was fine. And no one ever got offended. <laughs> That's another topic we can touch on later. Um, but yeah, so I met, you know, I met my first trans people working at Mac and then, you know, I got to meet a lot of other creative personalities and people that were like-minded like me. And I, you know, I got to be able to build a, or, you know, have a really solid friend group of other people who were LGBT and, um, and so, yeah, so I had a really good friend of mine named, uh, Kristen Taylor. And, um, if she's listening right now, hi, Mackenzie. Um, but so we basically transitioned together. Um, she was a little gay boy. I was a little gay boy. We both wore makeup. We both wore chicks clothes. Like we just vibed off each other. We, we understood each other and we were very just, you know, these two little, two little flaming homosexuals. But, you know, one of the things we used to do when we were kids, um, you know, if we didn't have a fake ID, you know, we couldn't get into the bars in West Hollywood. So, um, at like, you know, there were times where we would get into the bars, obviously, you know, cause we did have, I, I had a fake ID, but like there were moments where like I didn't over the years. And so in times when we couldn't go and get our drink on, um, me and Kristen, we would just get dressed up in drag and we would just stumble down the streets of Santa Monica Boulevard, like just stumble around Santa Monica Boulevard and just get attention. It sounds sad, but that's what it was. So, but, um, you know, and so my friend Kristen, like, you know, she really loved just f- how she felt when she would dress up and how, and the attention that she would get, not so much the attention, but I feel like she just loved how she felt presenting that way to the world. And so she was actually the first person that was really bold enough to, you know, bite the bullet and say, I think this is for me. And so, you know, there was a phase of time where I wasn't talking to Kristen much. And um, I think it was, I was saying like, I would say like maybe five months we didn't talk to each other. And then one day she's like, hey, why don't you come over to my apartment? Cause she was living in the Valley somewhere. And I was like, okay, I'll come over. And I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that she had gotten some procedures done, but I wasn't sure like what she looked like because she wasn't taking pictures or anything like that. And this was before people were really like, you know, just taking a ton of pictures of themselves and just posting it everywhere just for the sake of posting pictures. You know, people only had like, you know, 10 profile pictures and that was it. So this was like back, like this is also like, you know, still kind of like my space time. So, but, um, anyway, so when I got to her house, like, you know, she was straight up, like, titties, hair, nose job, looking fish, like, she looked good. And I was like, wow, like, I fuck with that. Like, that's, I love that. And so, as time went on, I got to meet more trans people. And then, of course, like, you know, I had a roommate for... I had a roommate for a um, couple years that I lived with in the Valley. It was my first on-my-own apartment roommate situation that I had in Los Angeles. I'm not going to name drop this particular person out of uh, respect. And I know that Kristen would not care if I name-dropped her on this because, you know, she loves the attention. <laughs> but... um 
as far as the next person, yeah, I had a roommate. And um, if you know her, you know her. If you don't, then you don't. But um, meeting her, though, um, that really helped me find myself a bit more. Just, like, seeing, you know, how she how she acted in, like, every, in every day-to-day life because we were living together. And, you know, I've there was a time right before I decided that I was going to do this, I, um, I felt really conflicted and I wasn't really in a good headspace and I was really fucking depressed. And I want to say this was in, yes, yeah, this was in 2011. So that, this was, 2011 was when I actually took, like, the actual medical plunge, um, of transitioning. Not, like, you know, before that, it was all just, like, you know, hair and makeup and play, like, you know, what a non-binary person is today, but, like, still thinking that they're fish. But, um, anyway, so, in September 2011, I, like, cold turkey straight up quit my job. Like, I was getting over it. I was, like, fuck this shit. Like, I just, I I don't want to deal with customers anymore. I'm over it. Cause I was working at a Nordstrom's at the time. And so the Nordstrom co- uh, customer base is just like, not the same as like, you know, some of like, if you were to work at like a Mac store or something, but, um, like, and you got to actually like lick their ass if you work at Nordstrom. So, but, um, anyway, so I quit my job and I was just like, sitting in my bedroom, depressed, like, just rotting, and I was watching this hair stylist competition on Bravo. I totally forgot what it was called, but, um, I want to say maybe it was Sheer Genius. It was on Bravo. It was back in the day. I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's what it's called. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but there was a contestant on the show, and he was this much older gay man Looked, or not much older. I, I would say he was, like, in his mid-60s. And he was, you know, profusely flamboyant. And had, like, thin, drawn-on pencil eyebrows. And, like, was very femme. Wore a ton of makeup. But, like, he did not carry it well. Like, I mean, like, he had, like, really bad skin. And he was getting wrinkled. And it was, like, you know, while I love and appreciate everyone's individuality and expressing themselves however they want to express themselves. Um, I'm also the type of person that's like, you know, know your body and like do things that will help flatter your image, not take away from it or distract from it. And so as I'm looking at this guy on the TV, I'm like, fuck is this going to be me in fucking 40 years? Because if so, I might as well just fucking throw in the towel. Like, I do not want to be some fucking 65-year-old haggard fucking homosexual with pencil-thin brows, like, trying to hustle in the fucking beauty industry. Like, this just, that seems so exhausting. And no, no shade to anyone that is in their mid-60s and hustling in the beauty industry. It's just, I did not see that for myself. Um, And so I'm like, you know what? I think I know what I need to do. Because at that point, I was already so involved with 
trans women. Like, trans women were just, like, constantly around me. My roommate was fucking trans. My best friend was trans. Like, all of the new friends that I was making were trans because I was meeting all of my roommate's friends and then everyone else. And so everyone in my world is becoming trans. And I can't say that it wasn't, like... It was... There was definitely influence, but it was, like, it was me that had to take the initial steps because, you know, for the longest time... You know, people like my roommate and my friends, like, they were telling me, don't transition. And I feel like they were telling me not to transition, not because of, like, a... I don't... Not because they just didn't see it for me. And I'm not even going to say it was because of a jealousy thing, because I don't think it was a jealousy thing. I just think, like... I think maybe there was, like a bit of honesty behind that like because the girls that I know like it was no walk in a park for them either like it was it, I don't know many girls that it was just a walk in the park for except for maybe like some of like the new like the newer baby trans girls like you know where everything is just kind of handed to you you know through insurance or parents or something like that like so the girls that I know like you know they had they had it tough too and so part of me thinks, like, maybe they told me, no, don't do it because of just concern. But also, I do feel like, you know, it is a little intimidating to, like, you know, see, like, oh, there's someone else that's going to be doing the same shit that I'm doing. And then it kind of, like, kind of takes away the little star quality you have when there's, you know, more people trickling in. And I can, and I kind of, and I say that kind of confidently now, just based, like, I'm, I'm being very honest. Like, you know, it's being trans today, it doesn't feel as special as it was back in, like, let's say 2014 or 13. Like, back then, like, you know, we were fucking unicorns. Like, we were special. We were unique. Like, there weren't many of us. And now it's, like, every fucking blue-haired they-them is now, like, you know, considered in the same caliber. So, but anyway, so everyone just kept telling me, like, don't do it, don't do it. And so when I'm sitting there laying in my bed, depressed as hell, right after I quit my job and wondering, like, is this going to be my life? I told myself, you know... I'll tell you, I'll tell I told myself this. I said, I'll tell you what. Take your first hormone shot. See how you feel after it. If you feel good, then great. Continue on. If you don't feel confident about it, then stop immediately and go grovel to get your job back. And so I did that. I took my first hormone shot. And five months later, I got titties. So... Like, and the rest is history, honestly. But um, that was how I really kind of worked my way up into womanhood. I mean, you know, it wasn't really a... It wasn't really like I was diving into the deep end, like, from nothing. Like, you know, I was never... Like I said, I was never really a dude. Like, I was very, very, very feminine throughout most of my life. So it was just kind of like, you know, a couple steps up in the right direction and then you know everything else just kind of fell into place so that is my intro to womanhood story so thank you for that question whoever asked it It was a good question and hopefully i didn't get too off topic or ramble too much 
Um, let's see what the next one is. Oh, here's a good one that I can answer really quickly. Would you fuck your former self? No. Okay. Yeah, I would never. Um, let's see. Next one. Okay, here's another one. Okay. How does your family respond to you being trans and a traveling career girl? Do they know most aspects of your life or do you keep that separate? It's a really good question. Um, so, oh, excuse me. I'm a little congested right now, by the way. Um, I don't know. There's like a cold going around. So I have like, totally, I have a sinus congestion. It's not cocaine, I swear to God. But, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so to answer that question, um, how does my family respond to me being trans and a traveling career girl? So as far as me being trans, my family currently and uh, presently is, like, so supportive. Like, my family is just undeniably supportive. Like, they... But I will say that it wasn't always like this. Like, it was definitely... It was worked up to what it is today. Like, when I initially had come out as trans to my mom... I don't think she took it really seriously. Um, I, I kind of told my mom that I was going to be trans. And I didn't, I didn't really, ex excuse me, I didn't really explain to her, like, what trans, what trans was. She knew what trans people were, but I, I don't really think that she believed me for a second. Um, so, yeah, and at the time. I told my mom all this, um, you know, I was living on my own and I had my roommate and everything. So, uh, she wasn't seeing me on a day-to-day -day basis because, you know, my family lived, um, two hours away in the high desert. Um, so, yeah, so initially I told my mom, I was like, hey, like, how would you feel if I got boobs? That's literally how I presented, like, I'm going to be trans to my mom. How would you feel if I got boobs? And she was like, okay, do you. And I think she just kind of, like, took it with a grain of salt because she thought I was just, I sounded retarded, probably. So, but then, I think, at, yeah, at the beginning of the following year, so all that happened in, like, September of 2011. So in the beginning of 2012, um, my mom came over to visit, and I had, this was before I got my boobs, but I had started getting weaves done and wearing women's clothes a lot more like much more feminine than the androgynous shit that I was wearing before so and I opened the door and my mom it was the first time my mom had ever seen me I had FaceTime her it was like you know FaceTime wasn't a thing back in 2012 so like she hadn't seen me and I answered the door and she's like the fuck like okay and so at first like it wasn't really taken well and same thing with my dad like my dad, um, was, yeah, he wasn't really 100% keen on the idea, and he was really, like, an asshole about it, but what's crazy is that right after I got my boobs done, which was within months of that, you know, run-in with my mom happening, um, like, as soon as I got my boobs, like, I guess everyone took it seriously then because I had actually, like, gotten 
breast implants put into my body. So, like, nobody just, nobody could believe the words that I was saying. So, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so as soon as I got my boobs done, um, like, everything changed. Like, my dad, like, was respecting me as, like, his daughter. And, like, my mom was doing the same thing. And, you know, it was, it was really good. So that part, like, the trans part, you know, it was, it was... It was weird at first, but I think that it's going to be weird for anyone's family at first. Like, it's it's not something that you just immediately, like, jump into accepting and, like, embracing. Like, it's not like you're, you're literally losing a person that has been in the family for so... Like, you know, my, my former self, that former person is completely gone. Like, they're dead. So you have to understand that your family is, like mourning the loss of someone that they've known for all these years that person's never coming back so like you gotta be willing to allow your family to grieve for a moment and in order for things to be healthy you can't just be like this is how it is and you're gonna accept it and that that, that. like that's just a lot of things for any family like so that's my opinion on that so I mean if you're if you're just starting out be easy on your family like you know it takes time it's not nothing's overnight Rome you know what was that Rome was not built and Rome was not built overnight so um yeah and then as far as me being a traveling career girl now that is a whole other topic so yeah, like, as far as me being a traveling career girl, and when I say traveling career girl, traveling career girl, tra- <clears throat> fuck, what a tongue twister. The term traveling career girl is an umbrella term. So it can be used in a multitude of different ways. It could be used to describe a sex worker. It could be described, you know, if you're, if you travel a lot, if you're career oriented, if you're a fucking girl, you're a traveling career girl. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're about your business and you're just always on a plane going somewhere for work, like, you're a traveling career girl. So, young, young, ambitious, that's a traveling career girl. So, but when I'm saying this, it, it's in reference to my, uh, my adult work. And so, and I have no shame in my adult work and anything like that. Obviously, I mean, I'm here having a fucking podcast talking about all this shit. Um, so yeah, but as far as my family being receptive as me being a traveling career girl, um, I think at first I wasn't very honest about it with my family. Um, they questioned a lot because they didn't know where my money was coming from because you know I, I went and went into the spectrum you know my family sees me you know depressed and quitting my job that was my real my only real stability that I had it when I was a kid at 20 age 20 like um you know so I go from losing that to now I'm like you know buying you know seven thousand dollar breast implants and you know getting thousand dollar weaves and wearing nice clothes and driving nice cars and having nice bags and getting all this surgery and 
taking all these trips and going all these places. So, yeah, so they, they had questions for sure. And then, like, you know, I was also doing things for my family um, just as far as, like, you know, helping them out, like, with money and stuff. Like, if ever they needed something, like, if I had the extra money, like, I'd be like, yeah, here you go. And, you know, so they always question. And so, ultimately, I had to be a little more honest. And, of course, my family was not very pleased with hearing this, of course. I mean, because, you know, I mean, your family, like, you know, they want the best for you. And, you know, and the way, and even, like, in today's, like, media, like, you know, I feel like sex work is just painted so negatively, especially for fucking trans women. And that's the thing, is that, like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that, like, you know, my privilege, my privilege does not exist. Like, you know, I get it. Like, I have privilege. Like, you know, I'm pretty, I'm white looking, even though I'm not technically white. But like, you know, I have that white privilege. And I don't have to worry about like, you know, people, I guess, taking advantage of me because, you know, I have this privilege about myself, this privilege aura. And then not only that, but, um, you know, I'm also a fucking very strong-minded, strong-willed, opinionated person. And I also, you know, I don't fuck around. Like, you know, I also am... This, here's a fun fact about me. I'm a second-degree black belt in Tang Sudo. Not many people know this, but I'm actually in the United States uh, Martial Arts Hall of Fame uh, under my dead name. So if you know my dead name, you can look me up in the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. My name will be right there. So... Um, I don't, I know, I, so long, needless to say, people don't fuck with me. Um, so, but that was a big concern for my family. They were like, are you safe? Are you secure? Like, you know, how long is this, can this last? Like, my grandma, bless her heart, you know, she's still alive, but my grandma has Alzheimer's, so she's not the same person that she used to be, but back when she was more coherent, um, her biggest concern for me was just not having a job. And I think it's just, like, her old-fashioned way of thinking. Like, she's like, oh, I don't know how long this is going to go on for. I don't know how long this is going to last for. But you really should be saving all your money because, you know, Lord only knows when your next client's going to be, blah, blah, blah. Like, but she had no idea the amount of money that I was, like, coming into. But, um, and I, and I didn't want to indulge in that detail either necessarily. I just continued to tell people, like, my, I, I continued to tell my family, like, don't worry, I'm fine, I'm secure, the bills are paid, and everything else I need is covered, and you don't gotta worry about me, and I'm smart about it. And with time, they saw that that was reality. Like, so, you know, so, yeah, my my family does know um, what, what I do, and, um, my siblings, also, I have, I, I'm the oldest of, uh, I'm the oldest of four, so, uh, when my brothers, when my brother and sister were, um, much younger, of course, like, when they were in high school, I'm, I'm, I didn't tell them what I did, I, I think they just kind of, it was just kind of like an unspoken something. We just never talked about it, like, when they were 15 and 16 years old. Because, you know, at that time, I was, like, in my mid-20s, and I was like, I'm not going to talk with my 15 and 16-year-old 
siblings about what the fuck I'm doing. And I don't need to break it down for them. They weren't stupid, but like, it was just not an appropriate discussion. And so I waited until they were both um, over 18 or had graduated high school to really tell them what I did because you know, at that point, they're an adult and they can handle it and they can handle the information. And I do have a younger brother who is uh, 11, going on 12, that lives with me and my mother. And uh, yeah, so right now he is under the impression that I, um, that I just kind of work in nightlife because that's what I was doing before uh COVID hit, like I was actually actively in nightlife and I was involved and I was managing managing venues and producing events and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so he still thinks I do that. So when I step out for the evening and he's like, oh, you got to go right into work. Okay. So, and I, and I'm going to keep it like that until, you know, he starts really asking questions or when he becomes so of age, like, and I, that's how I want to keep it. And as far as my mom goes, like, you know, whenever I got to fucking step out for the evening or something, I'm telling her, like, hey, mom, got to run to Beverly Hills. Peace out. I'm going to be back. She's like, all right. So she has full trust in me. Um, same thing with my siblings, too. My my dad as well. Like, everyone. Everyone's like, yeah, she, the bitch is going to go and do her own thing because I've proven over the last 12 fucking years that um, that I got it covered. So, yeah. So that's how they respond to me being a traveling career girl. And they do know most aspects of my life. And I do not necessarily keep it separate. I mean, I'm not going to, like... One thing I would not do is I'm not going to, like, indulge in detail of what happens when I'm being the fabulous traveling girl girl. Like, I'm not going to indulge in detail. But, no, they know I'm going to go here, X, Y, Z. You know, my mom constantly has my location, so she she has all that shit and so yeah I'm like as long as they know where I'm at and that I'm okay and I get it they get a text or a call everything's good so that's that <sighs> that's one question down motherfucker oh here's a good one okay besides besides surge how do I maintain my body I see you lost inches on that waist. Share a diet, maybe. Gym routine, if you have any. Yoga, Pilates. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I have kind of roller coastered with my weight over the years. And that's fine. I've always been very comfortable with my weight, regardless how heavy or how thin I am. Like, I work it, I wear it well, and I don't really care. Like, because at the end of the day, like, I'm still me and my personality doesn't change at all. So, um, but recently, yes, I have, like, so I actually, I really put on a brunt of the weight that I gained recently. I gained about 40 pounds, I want to say, at the end of 2019 and going into 2020. And then, of course, COVID hit. And then everyone was fucking gaining weight. So, yeah, I definitely had um, a spiralific couple years, um, with my weight, but, uh, so yeah, I have lost weight, uh, within the last couple months, uh, I've lost about 35 pounds, so I've almost lost all of the weight that I gained, um, 
at the end of 2019, which thank God, because like, I was just so over my body. Like, I, I don't, I know I didn't look bad. I know I, I know I've looked good still because like, you know, I've had three rounds of Brazilian butt lifts. So, you know, all the weight that I would gain, like it was all proportionate and I was getting, gaining weight, like, you know, in an hourglass shape like this is the fucking shape that you bitches fucking pay for and it's only getting bigger so fight me motherfucker but um yeah so my weight gain never looked sloppy it just looked like i was just getting bulkier (laughs) but um yeah so Anyway, as far as how I maintain my body, I've been pretty vocal about this. Um, So I do this thing called the salad diet. Now, uh, regards to how consistent I've been with it, this last couple weeks have been uh, a little touchy uh, as far as, like, me holding to this diet. But when I hold to this diet, like, when I'm on the road and I'm on tour, because this is what I was doing. This is how I lost the weight. I was on um, a very long haul tour um, over, throughout the United States. I was on a two and a half months long tour. Um, one of the longest tours I've actually been on in my entire career as a traveling career girl. Uh, but I, during that time, it was like, you know, you're by yourself and you're doing your thing and you're in a, you're in a focus. And it's really easy to stick to diets. I discovered, for me at least. And so um, what I would do is I started off on the first day of my diet. You don't eat shit. You fast. All you do is drink water. Then the following day, you go to Whole Foods, make yourself a fucking salad bar salad, a $30 salad. You make a fierce salad. I, I, what I would do, I would just like, it would just be like spring mix or spinach. And then I'd put like bunch of protein on it like you know garbanzo beans uh, kid you know kidney beans i put corn on it i put cheese i put some grilled chicken or some steak or something on it and then i would put like a light balsamic vinaigrette so the salad i mean it was a hearty fucking salad but you know it was that was the only thing that you would eat all day so it would be like 800 calorie salad but like that's it you're just eating 800 calories a day and drinking a ton of water and then the day after that you go back to fasting all day long. So it's like alternating days of just not eating anything. And then on the days that you eat, you just eat a fucking one salad. That's it. And um, it really fucking worked for me. Like, and I was just honestly trying stuff. And I struggled with my weight a lot. Like when I was younger, like when I had just, uh, when I was still a baby tranny, um, like, like at right after a year or two after I got my boobs is when I really started to spiral with my weight. I was very heavily, uh, bulimic and anorexic, uh, more so bulimic. I was just barfing fucking everything. Um, I, I couldn't even have food in my stomach for longer than 20 minutes and I, my fingers would be down my throat. So, but, um, I'm not, like that anymore so that part I'm thankful for but now it's just you know it's more so like you know uh glamorized anorexia (laughs) but um you know whatever under the guise of the term fasting but um yeah and then as far as working out goes like I've always been 
you know, one to like kind of dibble dabble in the gym and do fitness stuff. Like I love cardio. I love getting on a treadmill. I'll do a fucking treadmill for a solid like, you know, hour and a half and get my 5,000 steps in and do my five miles and all that shit. Like I love the treadmill. So, um, but on days I don't want to do a treadmill, like, you know, I do love yoga as well. I don't know, like, you know, if you've been following me for a while too, you'll know that back, I would say like maybe six, seven years ago, I was heavy into yoga. Like I was going to yoga like twice a day. Like I was religiously involved in yoga and I was flexible as fuck. Like I could, I used to be able to like put my feet behind my head. Like, and I still kind of could actually let me let me try this thank god video doesn't work (laughs) yep i still got it okay okay so i'm still flexible and um i'm still flexible but like i'm nowhere near as flexible as i used to be like i used to i used to be able to do all kinds of shit my my natara justana pose would like straight up go over my head so i want i do want to get back into yoga though i really was my happy moment and I was very healthy back then like very like religiously like about my health and exercising and eating well and yeah that was that was that I feel was my prime my little prime moment right there but yeah hopefully I get back involved in uh in more uh yoga so and Pilates uh you ask Pilates I don't do Pilates but I've tried it it's not for me um yoga and cardio and starvation is key. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Let's go on to the next one. Okay. What are your top five destinations in the U S that you'd tell a doll to go and clock herself some good coin guaranteed top five destinations, huh? You want to know where I, where I, where I bury my gold. All right. No, um, I will actually gladly tell you. So, uh, I personally, so I live in Los Angeles, like I said, so Los Angeles is one of my favorite places to be. Um, I mean, the city itself, like, you know, in the heart of Los Angeles is trash, garbage, like just nasty influencer city filled with homeless nonsense and shit in the streets and garbage everywhere and fucking beat up fucking buildings and blown out glass like just ugh, I hate going into Hollywood but I love li- where I live so where I live I live in I live in a small city called uh, Rancho Palos Verdes and it's in the South Bay of Los Angeles California it's right on the coast uh, in between Redondo Beach and Long Beach and I'm very spoiled up there um, it is probably one of the wealthiest zip codes in Southern California um, but, you know, we live humbly up there, me and my family, and, uh, yeah, so, but I love being so far away from L.A. that I don't have to deal with the nonsense, but, you know, I got a car, so it's still close enough for me to get, you know, in there and do my thing in the city if I need to go. So, Los Angeles is definitely one on my list of five. Um, I would suggest Los Angeles. Um, another place that I would suggest going is pretty much the entire Northeast corner. Um, so if you're looking for a way to just like, you know, save on travel, 
save on hotels and be strategic and just be able to like duke out work in a couple weeks and just make make it rain my suggestion is the northeast corner the northeast corner consists of washington dc philadelphia new york and boston and those are just the main metropolitan cities uh that you would need to visit i mean of course there's um, smaller boroughs and smaller neighborhoods that I would suggest you visiting or going to besides like staying like you know if you go to Washington DC you know you don't necessarily want to stay right next door to the White House uh, you go to Philadelphia you don't necessarily want to stay like in the heart of Center City next to the you know Museum of Modern Art where the Rocky statue is uh, you go to New York you don't necessarily want to stay in Times Square you know, you go to Boston, you don't necessarily want to stay in the financial district or Cambridge next to Harvard. Like, you know, there's certain areas in these cities that you need to be uh, smart about where you stay because, you know, the price of a hotel can go from, you know, 150 bucks to 500 and, you know, of course, we are all about, you know, being luxury and we, you know, want to live a certain type of life. But, you know, if you're smart, you don't have to spend $500 on a five-star hotel love, and which is also another talking point that I actually plan to touch on is, um, you know, traveling smart and more economically and, you know, building, rep- building a relationship with certain brands and credit cards and stuff and being able to amass points and status with brands and these hotel chains and everything. So that really does help in your favor when you're um, on the road constantly and working. So, um, so yeah, so I would definitely say that those would be my top. So wait, so that's four, five. Okay. So I gave you five. So that's LA, Boston, New York, Philly, DC. Okay. That's four. So then, and then I guess another one that I would really love that I really love going to is, um, I also love Chicago. Chicago is also great. Um, Washington is also great. Um, like Washington state, uh, in Seattle. I am actually currently in Seattle. We are coming to you loud, live and in color from Seattle. Uh, yeah. So those are places that I would suggest. Um, these are places that I've frequented and regularly visited, um, like all of those cities I've been going to since I started, uh, my career in this industry. So, and so I've been touring around for like over a decade now. (laughs) Um, yeah, so those are the five. Um, let's see what else we got. Okay, here's another interesting one. Being in the industry for a while, how do you attract the A-listers? Do they find you on the sites you advertise on? Okay, so, all right, this is interesting. I mean, A-listers. So, when you say A-listers, obviously it means celebrities. So, I'm not going to go outing anyone, um, but... Over the years, you know, of course, like, I think, I think this goes without saying for almost any, any of the girls. I think all of us have seen at least 
a small handful of people that have superior notoriety, like, or very, very high up notoriety, or, like, you know, some kind of A-list status, like, you know, or professional athlete, or actors, or people that are in the entertainment industry, like, behind the scenes shit, like, I get so, so many people that I know that are, you know, involved in that world, and I, you know, I have met quite a few people that have insane amounts of publicity that you would not even believe if I said their names, probably. But, like, these are people that I have to sign non-disclosure agreements for. And, uh, so, yeah, like, I do have, I've, I, so I, I know people, um, but as far as, like, how they find me, I mean, yeah, I don't go through it I'm, you know, I'm not an agency-represented girl. Like, you know, I'm completely independent. Um, So they have to find my number through my advertisements and my links that are private, of course. Um, And then recently, of course, in this day and age of social media and Instagram and everything, you know, I've also, uh, you know, met quite a few people just through Instagram, like, you know, they, they, I feel that, like, people like that in this day and age, I mean, some people are very scared and nervous about using their own verified social media platform to hit up, you know, someone like me, but then there's a lot of people that don't give a fuck, because, like, you know, it's not that big of a fucking deal, like, I feel like in this day and age, I feel like getting outed and all that shit is, like, you know, kind of like a thing it's getting to be a a thing of the past because it's such a widely accepted thing now just you know being with trans women so I mean for fuck's sake like uh, what is it Lamar Odom Khloe Kardashian's ex um ex boyfriend ex-husband yeah he's now openly dating uh, a transgender girl who I met I met her actually like one, once or twice. I ran into her at Club Cobra in North Hollywood. Her name is uh, I think it's Danielle Alexis. Yeah, but he's dating her publicly, so, so it's like people don't care about this stuff anymore. There's no, I mean, there's still like a little bit of a stigma, but like it's not what it used to be. So like people have no issue with just like hitting me up from Instagram too. Like that's how. Recently, I feel like that's how people with that type of status uh, go about handling their business. Either that or they have um, a madam contact you on their behalf so that way their information is not leaked. And then, of course, they got to do all the jumping through hoops, what have you. But yeah, that, I don't do anything different. You know, if, if, if someone wants to see you, they will see you. Period. Ooh, I like this question. Why did you want to go blonde after being brunette for all these years? What are your thoughts and opinions on hair extensions? Okay, so I don't really know what possessed me to want to go blonde. Actually, wait, no, maybe I kind of do, but I don't really want to tell you the real reason. Because um, it's going to clog me. But... All right, fine. You talk me into it. I'll clock myself. So there's this app, right? It's like Facetune. It's called Base App. 
Um, I love this fucking app. I know that everyone and their mother uses this app because it just, like, it's such a perfect photo editor, honestly. Like, it, like, it makes you look snatched without contorting reality too much. Like, it makes you still look like yourself without... But, like, it also makes you look completely different. It's crazy, this fucking... Technology is just... Can't wrap my head around it still to this day. But, um, on this app, you can also change, like, you know, subtly change, like, you know, some facial features, and it'll put makeup on you and enhance your lashes and whatever, your lips and whatever, make your eyeballs look whiter. Um, but there's also a little section on this app where you can tweak your hair, too. And so they have, like, this whole list, like, you can change your fucking hair color. So there was one night I was, like, really fucking high, like, in bed, and I was just fucking around with this filter, and I was fucking around with, um, one of the pictures that I had just taken, and I was obviously still brunette at the time, and I hit the blonde button, and I looked at myself, and I'm like, (gasps) I'm a girl. Like, I just, I loved how I looked. Like, it was, I looked, I felt like I looked stunning, and, you know, to be perfectly fucking honest, I think I look five billion percent better as a blonde. I have zero intentions of ever going back to brunette. If I do change my hair color again in the future, it will be... Well, I don't know if I want to say it. But I love being a blonde. Like, blondes totally have my fun. Like, I love, 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 love being a blonde. And I will never go back. Um, So... That's really what got me inspired to become a blonde is FaceApp. <laughs> I have everything to thank for FaceApp. Um, what's my thoughts and opinions on hair extensions? Well, I mean, just based on, like, even my first question when I was talking about my introduction to womanhood, like, you know, I was, I've been getting weaves since 2011. So, like, it's 2000. It's going on 2023 here in a few months. Like, I'm no spring chicken when it comes to weaves. I will get weaves until I'm 80. Probably. I don't know about weaves till 80. No, that's a joke. Um, I don't... I don't know. I've I've been actually, like, recently touching on this. Like, part of me, like, I want to lose a ton of... ton more weight. I want to lose, like, another, like... I know people are going to scream at me, but I want to lose, like, another 40 pounds. Like, I want to be down to, like... I want to look fucking skinny, like skin tea, honey. And so when I get to my level of thin, I was thinking like, oh, fuck, would it be hot to like, you know, enter my, you know, this is, this is of course, you're a few more years down the line. I'm not trying to rush into this fucking short hair phase in my early 30s. Like I'm thinking like more towards like my late 30s, early 40s, I'll start rocking this look. And I wanted to do like a fucking Sharon Stone moment, like where I'm just like, platinum blonde and got like a shortcut or like you know fucking really fierce a-line bob or something like that so one day i'll get there but today's not that day um but eventually i do want to start easing up on the hair extensions i feel like as you get older like your hair gets more weak obviously like you start your hair starts thinning more and with all that extra weight on aging hair like i just I need, I want to be smart about my hair because like I 
will spiral if I go bald. Like, no. Like, I can't. No. 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 So, yeah, that's my thoughts on weaves. I love weaves for anyone between the ages of 18 to, like, in your, like, mid-40s, maybe. After mid-40s, like, you gotta, like, you know, ease up on the hair and, like, let it breathe and let it be natural. So, that's my opinion on weaves. Hmm, here's another one. Do you think you'll ever marry? And who is the perfect guy for you? <sighs> Such a sad question. Um, so, in my life, I've been in three long-term relationships. I've dated a ton. I've dated a ton of people for, like, you know, a few months here and there and stuff like that, but don't take them seriously. Like, those are just, those aren't, those are blips in the radar. Like, I've had three long-term relationships. And, uh, all three of them disappointed me. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not gonna, like, name names, you know, I'm not, they don't need that kind of attention. Uh, you know, I'm not on the best terms with my exes, but I'm also not on the worst terms. I feel like if I were to run into my exes in public nonchalantly, I feel like I could be able, I would, I feel like I have uh, enough of a respect with them to be able to say, hey, nice to see you. Glad you're doing well. Ta-ta. Like, that's kind of where I am with my exes. So, um, but yeah, like, I guess also me being a traveling career girl, um, I think it does kind of make me a little jaded as far as relationships go. But also, I don't, I wouldn't even necessarily want to say jaded because, you know, when you're doing what I do for a living, for a career, and, you know, you see the types of people that are walking through your threshold, like, you know, you, it's nothing but countless married men in happy, loving, fulfilling marriages with children and everything like that. And they all, and you know, and whenever I have, like, you know, someone that comes and pays me a visit, like, you know, there's, it's never just cut and dry. You know, I also, there is a bit of, like, an emotional connection that is a part of what I'm offering. And so, you know, you sit there and you talk with these people to get to know them because that's what makes people feel comfortable. And so they open up quite a bit. And when they open up and they tell me, Things like, you know, oh, I could never leave my wife. I love her so much, blah, 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 blah. But I just, you know, there's just desires and needs that she cannot fulfill, blah, 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 blah. And that's a very real thing. Like, there, like it doesn't matter if you're trans. It doesn't matter if you're a cis woman. It doesn't matter anything. That, none of that matters is that there's always going to be something that your partner is not going to be able to fulfill for you. Like, not everyone is going to tick 100% of the boxes. And I think that's really, it's, it's a really um, 
sad lie to tell yourself if you want to, if you think that someone ticks all the boxes for you. Because not, no, no, it's just, that's bullshit. Not everyone is like, is no one is perfect. And no one is going to tick all the boxes perfectly for you. And if they, if you think that they do, then they're lying to you or you're delusional. Um, so, uh, so when I see like, you know, happy, you know, men that are in happy marriages with children and everything like that, and they're, you know, coming to, you know, pay me, beautiful old me, um, it, yeah, it does make me a little hesitant to want to really let my guard down and take a, a man seriously for myself because I see firsthand the lies that you men tell. So, and I'm not talking shit on men necessarily. Like, I love men. Like, I'm, I love, I love a dude. So, but um, as far as like relationships go, you guys are lacking. And, um, and that's part of the reason why I am such a fabulous, why, why I am so fabulous at what I do. Like, you know, so there's an understanding. Uh, let's see. But, um, yeah, what was the fucking question again? Oh, shit, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, oh, yeah, do I think I'll ever marry? So, okay, do I think I'll marry maybe eventually? See, this is what I think is going to happen. I've always kind of just thought and assumed that, like, because as you get older, right, you start to mature and you evolve and you realize that, like, you know, life isn't, life isn't so fucking serious and we're all fucking destined for death and it's all inevitable, blah, 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 just live your fucking life. So, like, as time goes on, like, I do maybe see myself getting involved with someone that I meet through my work. So, like, in, long, in, in layman's terms, I, I feel like I would absolutely marry a client one day down the line. Um, one that is, of course, single, not a married one. Uh, but, because I do have single clients, and there are, those are normal people, which I love. I love them the most. But, um, yeah, like, I... I could see myself doing that eventually. Uh, and part of me, and I used to tell myself, I'm like, I could never date a client or anything like that. I couldn't do that possibly at all. But, like, that's just naivety. Na- na- was that even a word? Naive. It's just be- being naive. You're not like, and as, as and as you get older, like, you stop really caring about a hundred percent monogamy as much as you probably would as a younger person. I, I don't know. So yeah, I think eventually like, I don't know. I think eventually I might get married, but it's going to take a very special type of fucking person, a very special type of client to take me off the fucking arrow's guide, honey. So, cause I like money too much. Sorry about it. <laughs> all right another question not trans but i want to support you come out with merchandise please maybe a t-shirt 
Well, have I got a surprise for you. Um, so, I guess I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I feel, I don't want to spill too much beans. Not yet. Um, but I will tell you now that I'm 20 steps ahead of you. Like, I actually already have, like, a whole merged line in production. So, um, and it's not going to be your typical cliche, like, oh, here's a little t-shirt with an iron-on slogan. Like, no, I, it's going to be cute and you guys are going to gag. And I hope you guys love what I'm about to make because I really am putting in a lot of time and effort and energy and what I'm making right now, that is what Traveling Career Girl is. This podcast is, you know like my own virtual diary and a way for me to kind of get the word out about what I'm creating more. So this is what, what I'm making, what's in production right now is really what I hope you guys fall in love with. So you just stay tuned. It will be out soon. Here's another good question. What are ways that have helped you to prevent burnouts? Have you ever gone through it? What helped you rejuvenate? Now, when you say the word burnout, I'm trying to figure out what exactly you're referencing. Are you referencing like if I'm going on tour and I'm getting exhausted from working so much and I'm burnt out? Like, because that is it is draining. Traveling is draining. Um, or burnout just with life. I mean, I guess it really doesn't make a difference. Burnout, I guess. So I'll just say it as like a collective. If I feel burnt out, like I've never had any issue with completely unplugging. Like that is something that I continue to do. I will always do it. That really help center me. And when I say unplugging, I mean like, you know, people will be texting me all day long. And if I am not in the fucking mood to look at your text or talk to you or anything like that, I will literally leave you unread for days. And it has nothing to do with you. And it has nothing to do with, you know, you did nothing wrong, right? You know, you contacted me and I am so sorry if you deem it as rude, if I just completely ignore a text for a few days. But you know what? My mental health and my, you know, my, my being, my sense of being is more important to me than answering your phone call or your text or being available for you because if I'm not available for myself first then I'm not going to be really much fun for you so and this is also something that I'm learning to incorporate more and more into my life more because I feel like over the last few years especially I would I've been doing a lot of things that are not really self-serving but they're more serving for like you know other people or my friends that want to do stuff and like you know I am always putting my own wants on the back burner and I'm putting everyone else's wants and 
you know, whatever, or what everyone else wants to do before my, what, before myself. And, um, that also makes me fucking burn out. And that makes me want to go AWOL and completely cut everyone off. So, um, but yeah, that, this is how I have been realizing that, you know, I, this is how I've been, uh, preventing my burnouts or, or recharging after my burnout. So I'll completely just cut everyone off. So if I'm on the road, like if I'm on the road and if I'm feeling like burnout, um, like what I'll do is I will tell myself, okay, like I'm going to be working here from, you know, Sunday to Friday. I check in Sunday, I'm going to leave on Friday, technically, or that's the last day I'm going to be available in this city. Well, you know, you are going to, you know, everyone deserves a weekend. Everyone deserves a break. Like, if you had a regular job, like, you would be getting fucking two days off from your work week. So that's exactly what I do. There are days where I'll be like, okay, like, especially, like, on Saturdays, and I think, like, weekends are, like, more my weekend. Like, you know, I'll work on a Sunday, but, like, on Saturdays, I'm really, like, I'll keep that day to myself. So Saturday is really more, mostly my day. So like, you know, when I'm on the road, like you got to pay to stay somewhere anyway. So it doesn't matter if I work or not. Like, you know, like I'm just, I'm going to take a day. And so what I'll do is I'll just completely unplug if I'm on the road. I'll just like binge watch a show and I'll just smoke weed and I'll fucking order my Postmates and my Postmates salad. And, uh... Yeah, and I'll just chill, and I'll just do a me thing. Or if I'm not in the mood to do that that day, I'll step out. Like, you know, if the weather's pretty in whatever city I go to, I'll, you know, throw on some fucking workout shorts and throw on my tennis shoes, and I'll go on a fucking walk around the city. Like, every time I'm in Bellevue or in Washington or in Seattle, like, I am always, like, in the morning, like, I feel just so energized and, like, ready to do things. So, like... On my weekend, whenever I'm in Bellevue, like, on the last day that I'm, like, uh, not, you know, on the days that I'm not working, technically, I'll, like, I'll just go take a long-ass walk. I'll go on a hike. I'll go check out the stores. I'll go to the mall. Fucking check out the little shops and stuff. So, just take days for yourself. That is how you prevent burnouts. Never put your well-being on the back burner. So always prioritize yourself because if you prioritize yourself and if you do this type of shit, if you take care of yourself, like you won't feel as burnout. Like you got to give yourself time to just chill and to do whatever it is you want to do. So that is how I avoid burnouts. And that's how I also rejuvenate. I just unplug don't fucking respond to anyone i don't post anything and i just do me hope that helps so all right so i've answered not as many questions as i would have liked to but i'm gonna kind of cap it right there for now um there are a lot more that i really do want to touch on but like i said i really don't want to drag the podcast episodes longer than an hour. I think it kind of keeps myself and people on their, on the edge of their seat waiting for the next one. And, um, again, like I plan to make this a weekly little thing, not so much the Q and a, but this was really just, I guess this, this episode, episode one was meant to be more of like an icebreaker, you know, just get to know me, 
hear me bitch, hear me chat about whatever, and just get to know me a little bit deeper. Uh, so uh, there are, maybe, maybe that's what I'll do for next week too. So I'll just, you know, continue on with like a little bit more of a Q&A. But next week, I'm actually thinking of bringing on a guest co-host as well. Someone very important and near and dear to my heart that I love fiercely. Someone who I am actively working with on a collaboration. Uh, And one of the most fabulous people I know. So, uh, I'm not going to say who just yet, but, uh, hopefully I can work that out. If not this next Sunday, then hopefully the following Sunday, but, um, it will be within the next two episodes, but, um, the only way you're going to find out is if you actually tune in and listen to my gay ass. So, anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of the Traveling Career Girl podcast. I really hope uh, this didn't make you exhausted. (laughs) But, um, and I hope that, you know, if you're listening to this, you were able to take something from it or find something interesting or, you know, your, your eyes have been opened a little bit more to something that you didn't realize that they were closed to. So, I hope that whatever you gained or received from this little podcast episode was a positive one, not a negative one. And the best way that you can show that to me is by leaving me a review either on Spotify, Apple Music, or YouTube, or a thumbs up or something. So I would really love and appreciate the support. I mean, seeing the positive reinforcement and something that I'm actually like working on and I'm And I'm over here really trying to, like, you know, do something bigger for myself. Like, I just, it really makes me happy. It really makes my heart smile to see so many people that are on board with what I'm doing right now. So I I really could not thank you guys enough for really just, you know, giving me that positive reinforcement. So it really does mean a lot. And I do appreciate it. So thank you. Um... Once again, I'm Taylor fucking Snyder, and thank you for tuning in to episode one of Traveling Career Girl, and I will see you guys next Sunday. Tune in. Ciao. Mwah.